0: Jesus is real. There's power in Your name. We find hope trust in Your ways. We need freedom. Jesus is real.
1: A wife's submission to her husband is not going to come naturally. It's a gift of God's grace As you say, Lord, I just can't do this It's impossible He is not the best guy to be around He's not the most spiritual dude in the bunch How can I? And the Lord's like, you've come to the right place See, don't focus on submitting to your husband Submit to the Lord and he will give you the grace And the trust to submit to your husband
0: whether you've been married for decades or are newly wedded, sometimes marriage seems like a tangled mess of confused expectations and miscommunication. God actually created marriage as a beautiful union. Today, we'll see how the roles outlined in Ephesians 5 embrace that ideal and clear up misconceptions about them. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 22. With part one of our message entitled Marriage A Total Mess. Jesus is real.
1: So there was a grandfather and his adult grandson, and they were talking, and, and the grandson said, Grandpa, you've been married to grandma for over 60 years. What's the secret? I mean, I, That's a long time, and you guys get along so well. I mean, how did it happen? And the grandfather said, well, let me tell you a story. When me and your grandmother got married, we decided to do our honeymoon in Mexico. And he said, oh, okay. And he said, well, yeah, when we were in Mexico, we decided that we were going to take a pack mule ride up to the top of a mountain. And he said, so as we were on the pack mule and we were going up the mountain, a little ways up, the pack mule started to stumble a little bit. And your grandma said, that's once. Then a little bit farther up, pac Mule stumbles again. And your grandma said, that's twice. And then about a half hour later, pack mule stumbled again. And your grandma took out a gun and she shot that pack right in the head. and he said I was shocked and I said how could you sweetie how could you do that it's a poor defenseless animal and your grandma said that's once (laughs) oh you like that one huh it can make for a good marriage now I don't know if that's a real that's like one of those pastor stories so I don't know if that's a real it's a good story though right but I remember, I mean, so, so my grandparents, they've been married for more than 65 years. And to add a little color to this, so my grandma, Anita Capadona, she just turned 87 this week. God bless her, you know? She's like four foot eight and getting smaller, but cuter, you know? And I mean, her and my grandpa have been married for like 65 years. And, and my grandparents, when they have a disagreement, their disagreement lasts about five words. It goes something like, my grandma will say, Anthony! My grandpa can't hear, so she has to do it pretty loud for him to respond at all. And then he'll say, Anita, you know, and the fight's over. Because after 65 years, it's like they've fought about everything already. All Italian, you know. This is a, they've left it all on the table, so it's just four words and it's over. But I always say, Grandma, man, mean, you and Grandpa, you guys are so cute together. I mean, they still walk hand in hand. I mean, they're super cute. I said, Grandma, you know, how do you and Grandpa get along so well? And she's like, I, I never owned a gun. So that pack mule story, it's like there's something there. There's something there. The reason I bring this up is because marriage can be a total mess. It can be. And I'm not trying to be a downer. I just want to be realistic. We live in a culture where 50% of marriages don't make it. That's the stats. 50% of marriages don't make it. That so... Marriage can be a mess. Now, why, can, why is marriage a mess? Well, because people are messy. I, I just read a quote this week from Ruth Bell Graham, the wife of Billy Graham, who celebrated his birthday this week. And she said, A good marriage is comprised of two great forgivers. That's a solid word, isn't it? That... A good marriage is made up of two good forgivers. See, people are messy. And because people are messy, when you get two people and they get married, now you have two messy people in closed quarters, which is going to be a total mess. So it's interesting. As we've been going through the book of Ephesians, we've been seeing how life is messy in all these different ways. And then in Ephesians chapter 5, Verses 22 to 33, the Apostle Paul starts talking about marriage. So I want you to turn there in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 33. And we're going to look at this idea of marriage, how marriage can be a total mess. Now, I want to get a few preliminary thoughts out of the way as you're turning there. First... This message is going to be for everybody. Now, here's how I know. Because some of you are married, right? And so you need to hear this, right? And I'll get to the you married folks in a second. Some of you are single, but you want to be married one day. if that's you, I'm here to tell you that you do not become a godly spouse on your wedding day. That's not like a wedding gift you get from God, okay? It doesn't happen that way. So, if you're not married... And you're saying to yourself, but I, you know, I would like to be married, like to meet that person one day, then you need to hear this now because God wants to work into you the things that we're going to talk about today. Okay? So this gives you a, a view into what God is looking to do. Now, if you're here today and you're like, I'm never getting married. And there's some people who are like that, then listen. You need to hear this because you need to pray for all the people who want to get married when you hear what's going on you might listen god calls some people not to marry jesus talks about that there's some people who who just say that's not in my in the cards for me it's not what i desire it's not what god wants for me so man you need to pray for everybody else who wants to get married because you're going to see what's at stake here and don't miss the fact that this passage is not really about husbands and wives it's about jesus and the church and so if you're part of the church then it's Explains to us a little bit more about who we are. Okay. So, no matter where you kind of find yourself in life, whether you're married, whether you're single and wanting to be married, or whether you're like, I'm never going to get married, there's, there's something in this for all of us. Now, second, second, you have to give me the grace. There is absolutely no way I can say everything about marriage in 40 minutes. So, I'm going to try my best to stay as close to the text as possible. But please give me the grace. I can't. This isn't like a series on marriage. It's like I got like 40 minutes and 11 verses, which boils down to about a little less than three and a half minutes per verse. Per verse, two words. So I can't say everything that I, that should be said or needs to be said. I'm just going to say what I can say based on the text. So I want to appreciate that grace. Now, third, I, I think I'm in third. Third, if you're here and you're married. You need to avoid thinking, I sure hope my spouse is listening right now. <laughs> and the reason I want you to avoid that, because I am quite sure your spouse is thinking the same thing. <laughs> okay? So, so you need to be careful that you're thinking, man, I sure hope they're listening, and, and I don't want to see any elbows going across to the spouse. Now listen, we all need to hear what God has for us today. Amen? Amen? We all want to hear from the Lord, from his word. Now, I want to share with you a personal story because I think it's important to realize that there's some of us in the room who like, when you got married, you and your spouse just fit like hand in glove. Like you guys were just like perfectly matched and you've never had a fight. Why are you guys laughing? That's not even funny. I know why you're laughing. You're like, that's not us. But listen, some of you have been blessed with that. And God wants to mold you using other things other than your marriage. But for the rest of us, you guys are just people who throw the curve off and make us feel worse about ourselves. I remember Lynn and I, I love my wife. I I have an amazing wife, but we do not have a perfect marriage. We were not like, we both love Jesus. I was a pastor when we got married, and we got married, and it was rough. I remember we got married. We barely even knew each other. That's a story for another day. We had an arranged marriage by the Lord. It was crazy. Don't do it. But God did that for me and my wife, right? And I remember we got married, and then we got pregnant like two months later, right? And so not only are we, we're like dating for the first time, but we're also having a baby. And I heard there's something called being hormonal. I don't know anything about it. But it was like, it was rough. And I remember we were going to visit a friend of mine. We were living in New Jersey at the time. And we were driving on the New Jersey turnpike going north towards New York, to visit a pastor friend of mine, and literally we fought the whole way. Like, the whole way. And like, the New Jersey turnpike going north to New Jersey is rough anyway. And like, it it gets you agitated just thinking about it. But then we were fighting the whole way. We literally were not getting along. And I remember we get to my friend's house, and he's the pastor, you know, and he's like, so you guys have been married for six months. How's it going? And I was like... And then Lynn, my sweet, she's so sweet. She's like, man, it's rough. And I remember this, my friend Tim and his wife Michelle, they're like, and he's Italian and she's Puerto Rican, right? And she's like, oh man, the first eight years of marriage, total hell. And Lynn and I felt strangely encouraged by that. And, and it was And we were talking about it, and, and they were encouraged, like, man, the first eight years, it was the worst. And so we started calling it the seven year tribulation. <laughs> and I remember when Lynn and I had our eighth anniversary, we were like, we made it through the tribulation. We're in the millennial kingdom now. <laughs> yes. Now, don't get me wrong. We love Jesus and we love each other, but man, it is messy. I, mean, I know you're thinking, how can it be messy with you, Pastor? And you're so docile and calm. <laughs> you don't have a lot to say. Not too much energy. It, it, you can pray for me. My wife's still growing. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. You guys who know my wife know how this goes, right? That's right. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. That's
0: right. She's
1: yeah, yeah. I looked at the ladies. Like yeah, we know who we go. That's right. I bring it up because marriage is hard, and it's beautiful. Marriage is exceedingly hard and infinitely beautiful. And God loves marriage. God loves marriage. And so as we break this text open, I'm not standing up here as a guy with a perfect marriage. I'm not standing up here as a guy who's like, yeah, man, I got it all together with this. I'm just with, we're all in this together, learning how to love and grow and honor the Lord together. So because this text is kind of heavy, I'm going to, my points are going to be a little bit more light, although everything I'm going to say is still going to be pretty heavy. Because I believe God wants us to hear from his heart what marriage is meant to look like. So, look at this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just... As the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does. The church. Verse 30, for we are members that she respects her husband. So that's the text. Now, I realize that this text is perhaps in this generation one of the most controversial texts in the Bible. There's a lot of people fighting about this verse. I've, I remember hearing it the first time. It begins with, wives, submit to your husbands. And I said, oh, that's why I don't want to be a Christian because there is nothing more Male-centric, male-dominated, and wives submit to your husbands. You know what the problem with that is? You're actually not reading the text. I'm here to tell you that if the Bible is sexist in any direction, it's anti-male more than it's anti-female. Let me show you why. Look, I'm gonna unpack this. You're gonna, if you think that this is like some straight-up sexist business, patriarchal garbage, then you're not reading this at all. You're not even thinking about what it says. Cause look, look at verse 21. Remember, we ended that someone walking in the Spirit. Notice what it says. The last point was submitting to one another in the fear of God. So walking in the Spirit has mutual submission at its heart. We submit to one another because we are part of one body. We are part of the church. So as Christians, we submit ourselves to each other because we are one. And then it says, verse 22, wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, I didn't say the word submit because it's not actually in verse 22. There's no verb in there. It comes from verse 21. So the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit tells the people of God, submit to one another. And then it says, and wives to your husbands. So what's interesting is the Apostle Paul doesn't actually give A unique command to wives. He says, just do what I said in the last verse, but do it to your husbands. So the wives are asked to submit. Look at what the husbands are asked to do in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So here's your options. Submit or die. (laughs) Who do you think's got the raw ordeal? The men do. If you say, submit, die, which one are you going to choose? Submit, right? Amen. All the women said, amen, Master D. So if anyone's getting the raw deal, it's the dudes. The dudes are getting done dirty by the Lord. Not to mention the fact that in 11 verses, women have three verses. and You know how many men have? Eight. That's a big honeydew list. So, if you're here today and you want to shut all this off, because you're like, oh, that's just like some sexist nonsense. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. If you pull the text out of all that's there, like I always say, if you take a text out of its context, what do you have left? A con. That's right. So wives submitting to their husbands, removed from the whole context of the passage, does not give you what it's saying. But when you put it together, what you're going to find is that submission and men giving up their lives for their wives, every woman knows that it's very easy to submit to a man who's willing to give up his life for the love of his wife. You can clap. Think about that. It's easy to submit to a self-sacrificing love. It's easy to. And... It's welcomed, isn't it? I've never met a woman whose husband loves her and is willing to give up his own life for her that doesn't, isn't blessed by that man. So we're going to unpack this, but we need to make sure we see this in context. Now, I'm going to take the verses for the wives first. Look what it says, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So my point here would be submit seriously. Submit seriously. And what's the response to that? Seriously. Seriously. God is asking wives to submit to their own husbands as to the Lord. Okay? So he really means this. He really means this. Now, do you notice in these verses, two different times it says, to your own husbands? Do you notice that? Don't think that that's repeated by chance. Because in the Greco-Roman culture that this was being written into women were considered property. And because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, now the glorious liberty of the children of God, now wives, women did not have to feel that they had to be submissive to all men, but only to the one man who they've covenanted with to make a life with. That's a huge step in that culture. For us, it sounds crazy and archaic, but in that culture, it's saying, you have made a commitment under God to this man, and I want you to submit to that man. Now notice, it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the who? The Lord. So wives, ladies, listen to me. Don't focus on submitting to your husband. Submit to the Lord, and the Lord will encourage you and help you submit to your husband. That's the right thing. See, see what happens for most of us is we take our eyes off of the Lord and we put our eyes on a relationship. And then we say, Lord, it's impossible to submit to that dude. Some of you ladies know what I'm talking about. Don't say amen. Your husband's sitting next to you. Just be gracious to him. Smile. It's impossible. He's messed up. But the thing is, for you gals, you're thinking to yourself, submit... Lord, how can I do that? And then you find yourself on your knees of your heart, saying, God, I can't do it. And that, brothers and sisters, is exactly where you're supposed to be. See, a wife's submission to her husband is not going to come naturally. It's a gift of God's grace. As you say, Lord, I just can't do this. It's impossible. He is not the best guy to be around. He's not the most spiritual dude in the bunch. How can I? And the Lord's like, you've come to the right place. See, don't focus on submitting to your husband. Submit to the Lord and he will give you the grace and the trust to submit to your husband. That's the right order. A wife finds herself on her knees before the Lord saying, God, I can't do this. And Lord, I want to submit to you. And Lord said, then I want you to submit to your husband. It happens to the Lord first, and then your husband gets the benefit. That's how it works. You bow the knee to Jesus. And then Jesus gives you the grace. Now, what does submission mean? It means cooperation based on trust. It's a great definition of submission. Cooperation based on trust. Who are you trusting, though? The Lord. You're trusting the Lord that as God has placed you in a situation... Where he's asking you to submit yourself To another human being You're like, Lord, I don't know if I trust them But Lord, I trust you Lord, you give me the grace You give me the help, the ability You allow me to do it Now what's interesting about this Is then he goes on In verse 23 For the husband is the head of the wife As also Christ is the head of the church And he is the savior of the body
0: Jesus is In the messiness of marriage, we can learn a lot. In this part of Ephesians 5, we were reminded of God's purpose for marriage, a picture of his relationship to his church. Pastor Daniel clarified what Paul meant when he began with, Wives, submit to your husbands. When people stop at that one piece of text, we miss what God is saying. It can be difficult to express God's intentions within our marriage, which is why we need his help.
1: Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ.
0: Now, the next time you join us here on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will get deeper into the roles of the husband and wife in marriage. Our spouses may be far from our idea of a supportive wife or a spiritual husband, but next time we'll see what we can do and how we can take what Paul says about marriage and make it work for us by the grace of God. The Lord loves marriage, and in Him it's a beautiful thing. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series entitled Life's Message next time. Until then, may God bless.